What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Nightmares Podcast, where we talk about all things horror, movies, music, pop culture, whatever the hell we feel like it. And those people who have not been paying attention, uh, we have now exclusively switched over to guests only. We figured that it's a much better way to handle this thing. Very excited to have Richard Bergen, um, uh, the director of Fang, um, here today. We met him at uh, the last convention that we were at, and we invited him to come by. And we are very excited to talk about uh, horror, talk about filmmaking. Um, uh, You have another director that's here as well, uh, Mr. Zachary Smith, of course, always my partner in crime here on the Nightmares Podcast. Richard, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it, man. Oh, thank you guys for having me. It's, you know, I got the invitation to come on, to come out here to be with Mark and Zach on the show. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to turn this thing down. This is going to be pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. We're t- happy to have you, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. But yeah. We tend to have a lot of fun um, uh, here on the podcast. So, so I always kick it off with, um, um, we're all obviously massive horror fans. You came down here and you're like, "Whoa, this, this is awesome! All this shit that's down <laughs> all is these crazy." Posters. I know it's Alma. Um, uh, you know, this the, I spent literally three weeks putting this all together. It was a, wow. it's quite the endeavor. Um, uh, the uh, not that I need to pat myself on the back anymore. Um, he but- loves doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so one of my favorite questions of all time is. When did horror come into your life? Because we're all fans of horror and everything else. And obviously that leads into the next thing when we talk about the film and talk about filmmaking. But when did horror touch your life for the first time? And, you know, and why has it continued to touch your life, um, uh, you know, as a fan? Well, that is a great question. I would say that I, I first started getting really into horror when I was a teenager, although I had exposure to it before that when I was a kid like I would I would be more into like the the children's horror like goosebumps and like you know and they had some haunted houses near where I lived so I was I was into that and my mother was really not into horror she was discouraging me from from wanting to be interested in this and, but then as I got to be a teenager, and then The Shining was the first adult horror movie that I saw. And then that was like, you know, a lot of uh, new possibilities for, you know, what I saw that a movie could do. So from there, I I kind of went down the, you know, rabbit hole of, of watching more kind of dark, weird scary unusual movies and at the same time you know i i was having struggles of my own with you know depression with you know different mental illnesses and i think that that you know when when you're borderline insane yourself you want movies you can relate to because you can't relate to a lot of like you know the masterpiece theater type dramas you know that doesn't represent me that's not what my life is like so you know and with horror then it's like you know this feels very real in a way because even when it's not like you know the most realistic horror it's still you know it speaks to something universal because we all have this fear of death or fear of something else you know there's always something you know chasing you maybe not hopefully not literally but <laughs> there, but there's always you know there's always something out there that could be a threat so i think that's what horror is all about it's about capturing that 
you know, living with that threat. The um, so it's an, an emotional catharsis yeah. and everything else. You know, and the funny thing is too is I don't know how many cons you've been in. We've talked about this, you know, till till the till the day is long. But you know, the 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 it's so ironic that you know you talk we talk about these very primal um uh, you know things, but the horror community are some of the nicest, <laughs> caring, <laughs> loving, understanding, um, just overall friendly people i brought absolutely this, you know i brought this up too with you know my, my girlfriend is, a, is an artist and actually that's one of hers right behind you uh the uh, this the abominable snowman um uh, oh, the, that's actually nice. that's her that's her um her drawing yeah, she did a great job thank you thank you i'm sure she You're would love welcome. to hear that but you know the funny thing is is she was shocked on how like just giving of information the horror community was on any topic you know like oh you know let's talk to some artists and everything else and they'll give you whatever information they want so you know is it has it been your experience you know have you kind of found a kindred spirit in the horror community itself and not just maybe even the horror movies absolutely yeah that you know that's what a lot of people say is that you know horror writers and horror directors and horror actors are the nicest and i think for the most part that's true i guess because you know when you're it's like you know i i look at it as like you know you're channeling your demons into the movies or into the books if or into any other horror art form that you're creating and so you're channeling all of this you know inner violent rage into your work and so you don't really have much left in your everyday life like i think that i'm usually a pretty calm and reasonable person for the most part i've i certainly have my own dark side and it's it's gotten less dark because i've been able to be creative with it instead of acting out in real life the um, i'm sure zach can you know you know, relate to that, being the horror director and being a fan a lot longer than I ever was. You know, I mean, I was a passive fan until I until Zach and his crew came into into my life and everything else. So it's, you know, he's been watching what horror movies since you were two. Just about. Oh, they, wow. They, yeah. um, uh, the Freddies of the Jasons of the world got introduced to Zach very early, and the Predators and the Terminators of the world were introduced very early, just the same. I live my life by the Predator honor code. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, it's a pretty damn good code to, to live by. Yeah. The, um, uh, so the, um, which is cool. You know, it, it's it's cool that, you know, that there's a, a community and, you know, you can get your catharsis out, you know, in, in that very healthy manner versus everything else. And that's why you, it's so funny to to see so many horror. I mean, what, you know, we were just joking about this earlier with the exception of like maybe Clive Barker, everyone else is so normal. We met, you know, we <laughs> met Brian Usna at a screening of society. Um, uh, and, and I thought he was going to be one of the weirdest motherfuckers I've ever met in my <laughs> life. And, and he came, Oh my God, guys, it's so nice to meet you and everything. Thank you so much for coming to the film. I'm like, I'm weirded out that you're so nice. Like I like, I'm weirded out that you're like, you're like a really cool guy. Like I needed you to be like a little weird instead of being like, like, you know, like the dad that lives next door that brings his kids to fucking T-ball. Like, you know, it, it's just, it, it, you know, and made such a, um, like an amazing staple of body horror that I've ever seen. And I've have a 20 minute rants on it and everything else. And, and it's brought much joy to all of us in conversation for sure. But, you know, it's funny that you said that though about that, you know, cause they're so well adjusted and, and just good people. They, did you get a lot of opportunities to meet other directors and other artists as you've gone through the con circuits? You know, how has that experience been like? 
Well, I, ha- I haven't met a- as many people as some other people have. I like my approach to horror was kind of formed in isolation. Like if if you spend a lot of time alone in your room when you're at college, your mind goes to some strange places. So. Absolutely. Yeah. The, um, uh, you know, no, and then, and actually too, we got a lot of, a lot of compliments. Um, uh, the, um, we're good friends with the, uh, the people that were across, you know, your booth at the con, um, Amy and Lawn of uh, Black Martin Brands and Amy's Abominations. And they actually were commenting on your, um, your booth versus somebody else's that had all this, like, you know, crazy stuff in it and everything else. But he's like, I don't know what the fuck the movie's about, but you got this kid who has barely anything except a beautiful, (laughs) gorgeous booklet and everything else. And I know exactly what this kid is all about and what his film is all about. So it it, it, it was really cool. You did a good job with the booklet. You You know, if I can give you that compliment, I know Zach really, you know, um, appreciated it as well. The, um, thank you the um so that's so that's really cool you know that you've been able to do that so um you know that's awesome i think you know and and horror comes into different lives and i'm and i'm glad you know we're all here for that so um i would love to to chat about um this idea this film because we got we watched a few clips of it and everything else and it's um it is you've definitely exceeded above the above the rest when it comes to most of people's, you know, I don't know. Is this your first attempt at a My first feature? Uh, yeah. So that, I mean, to, to have that kind of attempt at your first feature is, is very, very impressive. Um, uh, you know, it, it, the, um, I know many people that have tried features that have not looked as good as, as yours. So, so what we'll do is, and, and, and be mindful too, is Zach's also, you know, you have an actor's perspective here and a producer's perspective, but you also have a producer and a director's perspective here. Who's done many different things as well. So, you know, I walk us through, you know, how this journey started with filmmaking, um, specifically, you know, I know that you said, you know, you use the outlet of horror to get them, but people can be fans of horror and, and, and manifest their, their, um, their fandom in other ways. You know, some people are just really, you know, big fans. They just enjoy it and they find catharsis in them. But why did you pivot towards filmmaking specifically? Well, I've, I've always been creative and I've always been pretty ambitious. Like I knew from a young age that, I would have to achieve something and there is a kind of madness in being ambitious too. Like you want to push yourself really hard because on some level, you know, you're not satisfied with the way things are and you want to, so you want to reach for something that's more than what you have. And so I think that that part of it that for me came from, that and I and that does give me kind of a perfectionistic streak too because when I when I conceived of Fang the the motive for making it was you know I have to figure out a movie I can make with the resources I have because I don't have like a major studio backing me I don't have millions of dollars so I had to so when when I sat down to write it I had to figure out you know all right, I have to, you know, make this, you know, make it feel like a real movie, but also a real movie that that won't leave me homeless after making it. <laughs> the um, no, 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 I can definitely appreciate. It. Have you had you done any 
shorts or anything up until that point, or did you just dive right into a feature? I did make two short films, All Ears and the Identity Club, and that was, I started doing that in 2016, and then I made my second short film, The Identity Club, in 2018. And then after that, like, I knew that I didn't, I didn't want to be stuck making short films because there are limitations for how much you can do in a short film. It can be a wonderful, beautiful thing, but it's also, you know, some ideas need to be longer. It needs to have more expansion put into it. And the idea for Fang came to me. It was actually when I was living at my dad's house and conditions there were kind of deteriorating. And there was one day when I was like, when I was using the bathroom and then there was like this bug, this silverfish that just crawled over my foot. And I was like, and like, I didn't even realize it at first. I just felt this little, you know, crawling yeah. feeling <laughs> that I, I saw ooh. this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah All these like, like little legs just went over my foot and I was like, whoa, that's, you know, and that always stuck with me, that experience. And then, you know, and then I was thinking more and more about, you know, turning into like a bug or a snake or some kind of small, creature and i realized that you know if you're turning into a bug you know that's been done that would be like the metamorphosis franz kafka that's been done and so i figured but why not a rat that <laughs> is different <laughs> it certainly is different they, <laughs> they uh it certainly is very very different they um uh, no that's that's really interesting that well, you thank you you have that you know and, and you're not the only one i mean i don't know if do you know the history of 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 terminator and how the original idea was conceived. I from think he Jim. had it like in a dream. He had a nightmare. He had a nightmare James about Cameron, a metallic yeah. figure rising from flame, and that's what inspired the last oh, scene cool. with the tail with the with the tanker and everything else, and the Terminator coming out of it was all based on a nightmare. So it's it's interesting what you know you know what different things inspire um, and you know inspire you. So it sounds like you know you really do pull from life experiences was that the same case with your shorts as well did you i you know we didn't get a chance to view any of the shorts that's okay and, and everything else but you know did you get you know a lot of inspiration there or did you just let the imagination flow well my dad actually came up with the stories for that i was collaborating with him originally and we did have a strained relationship in the last few years so that strained relationship was also a big influence on fang like i like i tell stories about like my family and then my dad's mother was even more dysfunctional and like people talk about you know like i remember when like in the early stages of making fang like you know when we were getting ready to film it and somebody pointed out to me saying, you know, the dialogue in this scene is kind of over the top, you know, people don't really talk like this. And I'm like, this is word for word, the same as conversations that I've had with my dad and 
conversations that he had with his mother. They um, and then that's really interesting. And, you know, and, and the funny thing is, watching the clips, you know, I was telling them a little bit ago. I got got very much of a, a of a carry feel. The um, uh, you know, a, metas- a metamorphosis happening to a main character and an, an estranged and and slightly insane, you know, uh, parental figure, you know pushing the, those tendencies out of out of them is very Absolutely. very 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 carry you know very, very carry so you know um we love as as filmmakers to to break down the process uh you know of how you do that and we'll, we can specifically talk about fang and how that whole worked out for you obviously you started out writing so but uh you know let's um uh, let's talk about um pre-production you know and 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 some of the things that you had to go through um, with it being your first feature and, you know, how did the location process work? Were there any fun, funny stories? We always love to hear those. Um, uh, you know, it, it, was there anything that was, you know, in particular about the process that really struck you from a pre-production standpoint with doing this feature? Well, it, it took me five months to write the script, which is actually pretty fast <laughs> by my standards I guess because a lot of it was autobiographical, so that part went by faster. And then after I finished writing the script, then I sent it out to, you know, different people. Like, I had had been talking to, like, Lynn Lowry actually talked to me first. She messaged me and said that, you know, I I saw that you're, you're making a movie, and I was wondering if you have a part in it for me. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and so I, and, and so I definitely made sure while I was finishing up the script to highlight her characters, the mother, Gina. And so I, so I sent the script out. I sent it to, you know, I, I looked up different people. I sent it to the cinematographer, Jason Kranick right here in Chicago. And he got in touch with his friend, our producer, Robert Felker. And then from there, he hired more people to fill out our crew and get everything together. And I got the money to make it from my dad. And we had a few conflicts over that, but he had promised to give me some money like as part of an early inheritance so I was able to get it. And then from that point forward, we we set up the filming and we filmed in January and February in Illinois. So it was it was not warm. <laughs> no, no, never it is. The, um, nope, no, no, no. I commend you for shooting during well, those times. They, that, I I can't do it. I hate the cold. They, never. The, um, never. I remember we were we were um uh, you know I don't know if you get a chance to check out some of our stuff, but when we were filming uh, episode four of our Living Nightmares show, we actually were starting to have a discussion about how cold can camera equipment uh, get before it starts breaking down. Um, uh, you know, and and it's interesting to to get into those discussions. How cold can it get until our shit breaks? <laughs> the um uh, you know so I mean <laughs> I'm laughing and Zach. Like, like, no, no, that's 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 very that's real. Fun. <laughs> that's that's very real. So I know that Zach may have some, you know, directorial, um, uh, you know, questions. Maybe how you work with your DP and everything else. But me being the actor, and then 
also being the producer, um, I love to talk about, you know, what it's like to be in that um, in that casting room and, you know, and looking at how did the how did the casting process go for you? Obviously, without the, the mother who you already had in mind and everything else, you know, how did the, the, the casting process work for you? You know, did you go on backstage? Did you, you know, and, and how did that whole um, process work for you? You know, how did it, how did it all work out? Well, I did the casting myself and I put out ads on backstage to fill out the roles. And when you do that, you end up getting like hundreds of responses from actors. So I like then before I did that, I was like wondering, you know, why did why do people hire you know, casting directors for movies. It seems like something you can do yourself. And then after I put out the ad and I was like, yeah, I, I would, I would totally pay somebody to do this if I had the money. It's, it could be, it could be a very daunting, yeah. daunting process when it comes to, uh, comes to that. When I was going to say, I prefer casting myself. I like seeing the yeah. actor in person, meeting them, getting to know them a little bit and then seeing how they act and everything like that. So it's just like, that's what I'm choosing. All right. So, so when you were going through the process, um, you know, you you did you do it mostly via Zoom? Did you have them come in and and read? Hey, you know, how did that work out for you? What's your directorial process? I I just had the actor send in video auditions, and I went based on that. And it, it's and it's funny that you mentioned Zach that you that you love doing casting because now after you know, learning from this, you know, what I'm doing from now on is that I'm trying to find the right actors ahead of time <laughs> so I can get in touch with them, like, specifically, because that makes things a lot easier. Yep. If you, you know, if you find somebody, like, in advance that, you know, is really a, a wonderful fit for the role. And in, in Fang, actually, with the lead role of Billy, that was the one of the last big roles to be cast <laughs> and the reason for that is that i originally thought about playing billy myself and that was that was a major ego decision because i'm not a professional actor but i was like when i wrote it i was picturing myself you know on screen and but then one night you know i i was I couldn't get to sleep and I was thinking like, you know, what the fuck am I doing? I can't do this. I'm already directing the movie. And so I decided that I'm going to find a different actor. And once I decided that it was like, no, I, I can tell you from experience, uh, directing and acting at the same time can be a royal pain in the ass. Granted, I love it and I will continue to do it at some point. Yeah, but someday. Yeah. It, it's 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 one of those things when you do it you gotta come in and you gotta have a phenomenal team attached to it and everything else and actually yeah. the um and i actually licked my chops on uh, being a producer on the first film that zach and i ever met and everything else and i had to step in as a a second and, and i make it i'm making it sound you know more exciting than it actually is i fucking stood behind the camera and gave him acting advice that was it the um uh you know but i i did second unit for for him for for his film and everything else and you know just so ma to make sure he had a you know you know he didn't have to worry about directing all that much you know he could we could just set up the shot and he could do his thing and then and then that could be the end of it but yeah no acting is <laughs> a lot harder than a lot of people realize it yes. is it's 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 a it's a craft and a, and a and a and a process unto itself 
you know, I think we'll, you know, and I'll ask this question a little bit more into them, but maybe even, you know, have this in the back of your head, because I'm definitely going to ask you in production about how you work with your actors. What type of planning did you do with your DP? Because me and my DP, Brandon, we do a lot of stuff ahead of time. Like um, we want to make sure we get our shot list done, all the shots that we're going to do. Like every shot that we have in our films, I I plan according with him because he's going to be my main guy. It's just like, and he knows this stuff better than I do. Like I know visual effects, post-production and all that, a little bit of acting, directing and stuff like that, even writing. Camera work, I don't know shit. <laughs> so I mean, the same yeah. boat as you there. Yeah. So what was that process like for you? Like working with your DP and everything like that? Well, I would say that my process for both working with my DP and working with my actors is that I'm generally very intuitive. Like I just go by whether it feels right or not. And before we started filming, I, you know, like I made a mood board, like I looked up different pictures on the internet and that, you know, resembled what I want for Fang. And I put those together and I said, this is what I want the movie to look like. Basically, this is what I wanted to feel like. And then I and then I talked with the actors before too, you know, and we talked about the characters. We did a few rehearsals. But for me it's more about like I want I want to make sure like we're on the same page and then I trust people to take it from there. And a lot of it is really just finding the right people to work with who know what they're doing, like who get the characters who get the spirit of the movie. And then from there, I just try to make sure that everything feels right. And if something feels off, then I'll, I'll try to put my finger on why and give good directions for how to get it back on track. That's, right. that's really interesting. Yeah, they, that's really cool. Thank you. Nice. They, they, um, that's a different way of working, you know. And and I think I would add on to to that is that you know obviously we're de- dealing with visual effects here, and visual effects people are very very specific. I've worked with many of them over the years. They're great people, um, but they are very much like I need to know A B C D E F G all the way down to the fucking alphabet. And you know, so there are some 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 very interesting and pretty good quality um uh, visual effects here. So I'm oh, very cu- I'm very curious. How did you plan from a pre-production standpoint you know work with the visual effects people because they got to know they they got to know that they know that they know that they know it um uh, you know they all the big burly viking guys that I, I i adore and love you know they they you know they they're the ones oh my god they i love <laughs> shout out to all the visual effects people man they're all like you know big burly viking people who fucking like mix shit and they're like yeah so metallica back in 86 is fucking awesome blah, 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 blah. They, um, and i'm like i'm like oh I, i'm in the right place this is a cool this is a cool room um but i know that they are very very hyper specific so i'm very curious how to you know with a mood board kind of being a little bit more of a looser type of please correct me if i'm wrong it's a little bit more of a looser open to interpretation kind of thing and i know that dp specifically and then also visual effects people are very I need to know what the fuck I'm doing. I need to know exactly how you want this to look. So I'm, and, and obviously they su- succeeded. So I'm very curious. How did you plan it out with them being in, in kind of a more looser environment rather than a traditional environment? Well, I think that well, part of it is like when I write the script, I try to describe things in a very specific way. Like when, when Billy starts uh, transforming into a rat, then – 
you know, he peels off the rat fur from under his skin. So that's described that way in the script. And so I guess it's, a, I guess the best answer I can give is that it's right, it's there in the script. So we just needed to figure out, and we, and we did all of the practical, all the effects were practical effects. There's no CGI anywhere in the, in the movies, so thank we, you for that. By the way, yeah, 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 no, we, we really appreciate that. They uh, very much appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> they, um, uh, so no, no, I, I know that they want some very specific. So it just it, it really came down to you know you having incredible detail within this within the script, and then you could easily hand it to them and say, hey, this is what I want. Here it is, and then that way you know, and then and then the uh, the visual board, you know, the the mood board can kind of you know serve as a as a, a guiding hand along with the very mm-hmm. Um, you know, specificness of, of the script. And then did you also do that same approach from, from the DP's perspective as well? Did you have that kind of specificity in the script when it came down to, because some people, when they write scripts, they, they, you know, I I know for a fact that I've done this, Zach has done this to a degree because we also know that we're going to make the damn thing. So we can kind of skip a few steps. Um, (laughs) Did it have, did your script have that kind of specificity down to the certain shots because, and also to, to the certain lighting, because, um, the lighting in this is another compliment was was gorgeous. Well, thank you. Um, you know, it was it was very well done. And another thing that takes a, a, a tremendous amount of planning from the DP working with the, the electric and grip, you know, knowing exactly what it is. Did you have that kind of specificity within the script as well? Or was there something else going on? Well, what I write, if there's like a specific shot that I have in mind when I'm writing that I'll include that in the script but i don't get into like extreme detail with the shots like i want to make sure that it reads well while you're reading it so it's not like so it's not like framed in shots in the script but it's like if we have like you know if we're drifting towards something or we're pulling away from something that i have that in the script and yeah i i do describe the lighting too because then you're you because you have to at least why i try to write in a way that's very you know describing like what we see very visual because you can't you know get inside the characters heads and i've seen like a lot of people who are trying to be screenwriters are describing the character's thoughts and i'm like you can't film that that has to be taken out absolutely yeah you, you know it's, it's kind of kind of kind of fun here because i you know i'm having this independent thought and everything else we kind of got like zach's more of john carpenter and you're more of toby hooper um uh you know john's very very like you know like we plan i it's like it's like playing guitar like with him he knows yeah. every single note and everything else and you're a little bit more of of toby hooper like hey i i want to make sure it's got to feel this way this is this is how i want to i want to move into this Absolutely. and everything else and you know the um uh, so it's it's very interesting it's a, it's a different kind of a different kind of style which is cool they oh, um, it, 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 it it leads to some fucking amazing stuff but at the end of the day the the thing that rises to the top of both of you and i'll compliment both of you is talent pure and simple and and having a strong vision that that comes through and it doesn't matter how you get there it's it's that you got there and then um, that's which is, right which is which is really 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 cool so um you know the um so it's kind of interesting you kind of like it gathered a really good team and they kind of just you know, ran, you know, ran with you. Um, you know, what was that like? 
you know, had you never worked with with a with an actual producer that was doing a lot of the stuff for you? Or was that your first experience with, you know, kind of, you know, hey, here's what I'm doing. And then the producer says, all right, well, let's go. We're going to we're going to get the whole team. And, and then they got a DP and all the and, and like, you know, everybody kind of snapped, too. So I'm very curious, you know, is that one of the first times that it happened for you or are you used to. Were you used to like how Zach is, who's the uh, the army of one, a lot of his shorts and everything else. He was he was, uh, you know, jury judge and executioner for everything. Um, well, my answer to that would be no. But this is working. This was working with the producer on a much bigger scale. Okay. And, you know, making like a short film compared to making a feature film like it's really like a whole different ball game in terms of the scale. So if you're working with a producer for like a few days it doesn't stand out as much how much work they do in terms of getting everybody, you know, together for the movie. It's an incredible amount of work. I really don't, I don't think anybody works harder than producers in, you know, the day to day making of a movie because they just have to like, you know, they have to be managing everything. And when I, when I, when that dawned on me, I was like, Whoa, you know, that's, that's a lot of that's a lot of work to to do and I'm and I'm really thankful for everybody who does that the uh, which is awesome I mean you're talking to two executive producers who have been put through the ringer more more times than I'd care to admit um uh, you know so um any other you know any other funny um uh, tidbits or anything with pre-production that you saw you know how was the you know, location scout progress. Cause I know there's always, always some funny stories dealing with homeowners and with local PD and, you know, and, and having it, we're filming a movie, you know, the, or my favorite, which I hear from a lot of people, which is, you know, Hey, we want to use this hotel for film. Is it a porno? No, it's not a porno. The, um, uh, the, um, that, that happens a lot. So I'm curious, you know, if any fun things happen with location or anything with pre-production. Well, I, I got to say that most of our uh, locations worked out really well. We didn't have problems in like 90% of our locations, but uh, there's, <laughs> there's always a always that one. All right, let's hear it. All right, yeah. But the, the main location that the house that we were filming in which was the family home where most of the movie takes place. And that house had a lot of problems. It was like the, like the heating didn't really work very well. So we had to use like generators and the, but that we couldn't run it while we were filming because it made too much noise. So it was like, turn the heaters on, turn the heaters off action cut turn the heaters back on that was that was how it went oh man and then uh, running all of the generate generators and space heaters took a lot of electricity because there were also electrical problems in the house and so one day everything just kind of fell apart the TV in the house caught on fire. Holy shit! I say. <laughs> oh no! The, uh, oh. I, I wish I got to see that. I wasn't there yet. That was before I got to 
said that's that's probably a good thing because that's stressful <laughs> that's just pure stress like oh, i was i was stressed already even though i didn't get to see that <laughs> like hearing about it is one thing but actually seeing it, you're just like oh no all right, all right hold, on, hold on hold on i gotta ask okay so when you got there and everything else by the way uh, uh, three questions in this one did you did, were you informed before you got the set or were you informed when you were arrived on set? i was informed when i got there and i could still see like it, it wasn't like a huge fire i could see that there was like a little bit of smoke the yep. who and who to, who told you was your was it your ep i don't i don't remember the exact the because uh, that's a test the of, a, of a real good ep is to break the news to the director of of some kind of catastrophe well, i remember <laughs> that's, a real, that's a real test right there is that that they had yeah. the good news and everything else which is awesome they uh anyway please continue about that <laughs> they, they... well I, like i just remember when i got there it was it was chaos and you know everybody who had gotten to set earlier was talking about the tv of course and and you know we and then we realized that you know there were serious electrical problems in this house and so we had to find a different house and thankfully that did not cause any serious problems with our filming because when the when the filming schedule was made we filmed all of the scenes in billy's bedroom first and we finished up with that just before the tv incident (laughs) and so that was like perfect timings we were able to switch to a different house with no problems and the new house had no problems so that it worked out for the best that's so how old was that house do you have any idea (laughs) because it sounds like it's old as hell (laughs) I mean, it doesn't actually. There's one shot in the movie where you can see the outside of the house. Like, it doesn't look that bad from the outside. I mean, it doesn't look great, but it doesn't look that bad. But I, I, I think it was just it was neglected. It was a neglected house. It needed more love from Upkeep the previous and owners. Stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they. No, oh my god, that's awesome. They. Um, uh, I mean, not awesome. I mean, it's, it's funny I mean, now, like, yeah. but not so funny then. It makes for a good story. Yes. The. Um. Oh my god, we. You know. They, they, the, so those. Those are the best. You know. Th- those are the best. The best stories are always when filmmakers can kind of vent about uh, about all that stuff. You know. Did you have any fun uh, fun ones from your short film days um, that you had? Um. Anything. Um. Maybe not as big as a TV blowing up. Oh, but that's the biggest. Th- that's, that's the biggest, biggest one. incident. They, I've had. Uh, okay. The. Um. Uh, you know. It's like. We've had, uh, yeah, we've had definitely had a problems. I'm sure there will be more in the future. Oh yeah, they, uh, yeah. The, uh, the the film gods sometimes smile, and the film gods sometimes sometimes uh, give an evil laugh. The um uh, that happens more than you would like. The um you know a, a, you had mentioned earlier too though that you know and kind of still you know finishing up on pre production. You had mentioned that you went through a kind of a tiny rehearsal process. Um, you know, what does that look like for you from a directing standpoint? You know, how do you rehearse with your actors and with you know the rest of the crew? You know, how does that work out for you? Well, what I did for Fang is I just like we had like I had like a I think one or two Zoom meetings with my actors. And then shortly before we filmed, we we did a read through of the script for everybody who was able to make it. And that was basically it. And then like I gave the actors notes ahead of time and. And we just kind of took it from there. 
Nice, nice. Okay, because I know Zach Trey. Zach it doesn't do as many rehearsal processes unless it involves some kind of you know a lot of stunts, you know, or maybe it's just a day worth of rehearsing. Oh yeah, um, we rehearse the stunts too because if you don't, you know, get that mastered, yeah. you you have the possibility of being sued if <laughs> if something goes wrong. The uh, did you have like liability insurance or anything like that or any sort yeah, of Yeah, we had insurance. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, the um and even if he didn't, he probably wouldn't admit it on a podcast. Um <laughs> the um <laughs> uh, the uh, so did you did you work you know, uh, was there enough stunts to warrant uh, working with a stunt coordinator or did you or did you kind of just work that uh, among yourselves? Oh, we had a stunt coordinator for the few stunts we had and it's really like and you know fang is more of a slow burn kind of movie so there there's not a lot of like physical combat until near the end and so we had to rehearse the few scenes where there's stabbing and, and mutilation involved and people falling on the floor while getting stabbed and so we had to make sure everybody was you know prepared for that and was you know getting in the right position so you can have like a stage fall instead of like a fall fall the um no i'm I, used to just falling on my back i just say fuck it yeah you know and and and, and, and zach and i have, have worked together twice as director and actor and 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 um so just tell me what you want to do and i'll and i'll go do it it's not it, it's not that that, that hard they go uh, jump off that building please uh, I'll, I'll jump off a roof. there's a couple times i've told them no um you know so so from uh you know so okay we can shift over into into production you know, I'm curious, you know, about this, you know, this is, again, comes a lot of questions from an actor's perspective. You know, you're dealing with um, some very um, uh, intense, I was going to say intense subject matter. How do you, you know, what is your process for working with actors in these very intense situations to build that kind of trust and creating a good environment while also managing the crew behind him and make sure that that the crew behind him isn't interfering with the with the actors on screen because this is obviously very personal subject matter for you you know you want this done correctly so i'm very very curious how you're managing a set um especially and working with actors that are going through these very intense emotions you know what's what's your process like for that you know creating that environment well the most difficult part of that for me is sending out the script because people generally react to it one of two ways people either you know really connect with it and you know and they really like it and say this is you know really powerful stuff and this is the kind of movie i want to do or people read it and they're like oh my god no no Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, that'll do it. That'll absolutely. do it. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, so there's a lot of stress involved in 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 that. But then once you get past that point, then I mean, and I'm not, you know, I'm I'm you know, I realize that you know, yeah, I'm the director, but I'm not God. I don't need to. I don't need to be an asshole. I don't need to act like I'm some kind of big shot because everybody else is equally important to me and you know you can't like if any if anybody walked off set randomly there'd be serious 
problems because we can't make the movie unless we have everybody working together. So I guess that's that's kind of my attitude now. I had a, I had a little bit bigger ego when I was younger, but now, but now that's how I try to look at it. Is that you know we're all in this together, and I and yeah, I I don't want to make my actors feel uncomfortable. But I also, you know, by the time they're filming, you know, they've already read the script. They know that what they're in for. And I did have a couple of people who turned down roles in Fang after they read the script. But for everybody who's agreed to do it and is, you know, coming out to film it, then I guess that that helps create a good working environment. So everybody that wanted, so everybody who was there wanted to be there. Absolutely, they, I, I hope so. Unless, they, <laughs> unless I was mistaken about that. No, 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 no. I'm sure you know. It, it, so, and that's a very interesting thing, you know, because the script's so polarizing. Like either people are all in or they're not. They um, uh, so you get an opportunity. So you know, the um, the 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 kid who who played the lead and everything else was 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 really damn good. You know, oh, I, thank I, you. I, I'd like to you know like to talk to you about you know what you know what his journey you know because obviously I, i'm approaching this from a standpoint of that that's you you know and and and, and it's 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 you so but people it's, actually thought it was me when they looked at the poster because it looks like me. The, um, we, well, we actually you know i had i had to do a double take you know but the <laughs> so i'm curious you know how did that um because it's art imitating life but it's it's you but it's not you and everything else so how did that you know how did your Relation, working relationship with him work out during production and maybe even a little in pre-production how did that whole work did you take him on a journey or did you kind of just trust him to do the process and and, and really get into it you know and how did that relationship kind of blossom because again it's more personal you know you know in this case than maybe any of the other characters that are going on you know with the exception of the lady who played the mother um you know i'm very curious about how that worked out for you because it's it's you <laughs> Well, actually, what what happened was, you know, when I was doing the auditions to play Billy and I did I got a couple of, you know, video auditions that I thought were, you know, good. And and I wasn't originally sold on Dylan as being my top choice. But one thing he did in his audition video that stood out to me and I didn't realize it at first is that he did more of the silent scenes, which a lot of actors, you know, want to do like the big monologue. You want to do dialogue, drama. But what Dylan did when he was auditioning to play Billy is he really captured the physicality of his character even more so than just the talking part because a lot of the scenes in and Fang don't have a lot of dialogue. A lot of it is physical. And so that kind of clicked with me on a subconscious level. And then I realized eventually that, you know, Dylan is my top choice to play Billy. And so I, and, you know, he was, you know, he really liked the script. He really liked the character and so we took it from there and yeah, I thought he did a great job. He got very into the role while we were filming. And I think it was kind of like, I noticed that he was 
it was it was a little bit difficult for him emotionally having to be in this dark place like i i like and he told me like that he was feeling more sullen as we kept going filming this because he had to keep being in billy's headspace but i think you know that that it was it was a, a very intense you know acting experience and he he did a fabulous job playing billy yeah uh did was he a bit more method or uh how would you describe his uh process well, I guess it became it became method acting in a way because of you know having to to live with this character. Although he was not he was not acting as Billy while the cameras weren't rolling, so it wasn't pure method acting. Okay, yeah, I can I can appreciate that. How long was the total produ- uh, production of 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 Fang? How long did it take to film that sucker? It was uh, twenty three days, twelve hour, twelve hours a day for twenty three days. <laughs> I mean, that's good. You got it done within a month. Yeah. Right? Good job. Thank man. you. Uh, that's that's fantastic. The um, uh, you know, so um, uh, you know, and then it did um, how was the you know, uh, you know, uh, the uh, did the cast um and the crew have did they hang out afterwards and did they kind of build a community? I like to ask that. Yeah. I just think it's. I think it's. I think it's a fun thing that they they kind of build. You know, because when you're with somebody for what twenty three days, twelve hours a day, you kind of don't help but you know become kind of a, a of a family and a unit oh, and yeah. everything else. So I was curious how that how that whole that all worked out. Well, yeah, you said it yourself. It's it's a really strong bonding experience because you're in this confined environment together and you're working toward the same goal and it's a little bit i mean i i hate to compare it to like being at war because it's you know that's a whole different ball game but it's a little bit like that because you're you're together and you're you're fighting the odds to get the movie made and so i think that brings people really close together and and for the most part you know we we got along really well with each other there were some conflicts of course but it, but there were conflicts that we were able to resolve and yeah i mean i mean i mean it was it was it was a difficult shoot but all things considered it went extremely well compared to some of the horror stories i've heard about the making of movies i'm i'm i feel very lucky to have worked with everybody that i did on the making of fang Nice. Well, thank you. Nice. And was there anything on the on the spot um, that you that you, that you were like you know like eh you know I don't know if I want to do that but um, but I'll give it a try and then it ended up working out fantastic. I mean I know if we've we've had those experiences where we're like eh, maybe we're not sure you know but let's give it a shot. It's probably not going to work and then it ended up working fantastic. It's almost the opposite, the inverse of of that question. Did you have anything like that? Well, I guess the movie as a whole is kind of like that because it's really it's a long shot that this is ever going to work i mean it's it, you're taking like 
you know, filmmaking is gambling on a massive scale. Basically, that's what it is. It's a calculated you know, funny, risk. I've been making movies for yeah. many years now, and I've never thought of it like that. But that is very true. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's 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 very true that that's the case. The um, uh, the it's I like to, I like to call it a calculated risk. Yeah, exactly. The, um, because you are planning it. You you're not just going all you know all in and everything else. So no, no, that's 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 actually a really good, a damn good answer to to, to, to that. Um, uh, you know, so. I know that um uh, I'll let, um I, I obviously you know you kind of mentioned that you know we mentioned this before but Zach is our um editor visual you know um uh, you know visual effects on 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 the post side and does a lot of really really cool shit on there so I know that he's gonna have some questions on the on the post production side of kind of where you're at so I'll let him run the show on that point so i know you're not 100 percent done with post-production but uh like how far along are you with like editing are you on final cut or like have you i know you've started some of your visual effects and stuff like that some of your audio design so where are you with post right now let's start with that well we're almost finished with the vfx and the color grading so we're really close to being done there are a few more things that I want to do with the audio. And that's really been the longest part, which I I would guess it is for most of these kinds of movies, you know, when you don't have a huge budget, then you end up doing a lot of work in post. So, but I think we're, and then after the VFX and color grading are finished, then you know, then the movie is going to be turned over to me and I'm going to make a few more cuts myself to because I've had new editing ideas while the other editing has been going on. And so I want to make the last few changes myself and then put in the credits and then then I guess it'll be finished. That sounds great. Oh, so thank you. Yeah. So it sounds like you're pretty close to completion then. I I sure hope so. Uh, do you think you have a timetable when you'll be uh, fully completed? I mean, within the next couple months, I want to have the premiere like in October because, you know, that, I mean, like what better month could there be <laughs> than October? <laughs> I agree 100% on that. Yeah. yeah. The, the um, uh, you know, and, and the old, and, and I always wanted to add the old saying is you make a movie three times. Once when you write it, once when you film it, once when you edit it. Oh, yeah. That's and I made the movie three times while I've been editing it. <laughs> <too>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Been, been there, done that, bought that t shirt. The, um, <laughs> so, you know, so the, so the, the question for you is obviously we're going to do this in, you know, in October. Um, uh, you know, let us know. We would love to, we'd love to come in. Um, and, and, so I'm going to be very vocal about after we get the premiere date, like I'm generally a bit more quiet and reserved. I'm going to be like very vocal, very extroverted about the premiere date. I'm going to be plastering that sucker all over like every telephone pole. Maybe not <laughs> that, but I'm going to be I'm going to be very vocal about it. That's good. Do you have an idea where you want to premiere it? Like maybe music box or something like that? Uh, yeah, I'm thinking the music box would be good you know that main theater is really spectacular oh, you know yeah. that's a great place that's a great place to have it the um uh, so all right um uh, the um uh, so what i always do is i always end uh, with a with a question of the podcast i haven't done it in a while actually um uh, but um uh, but i think um what 
is because we're all filmmakers here. What is a location that you would love to film in that you haven't had an opportunity to do to do so? Like where and it could be anything. It could be an actual physical state location, or it could be you know just a type of location. So I always let the let the guests go first, but you do have an option to pass if you don't don't know anything. But by, based on your smile, I think you have an <laughs> you have, you have an idea about about what you would like to do. So so take it away. Well, one of these days I would like to. Well, there were like, and that's kind of the thing is that you know when I'm when I'm writing, I always end up coming up with really dark, you know, gritty stories. So I would like one of these days to get to film like in a tropical paradise, or get to film like in Italy, like in Rome and Venice and everything. I would like to get to film there, and you know, get to like have like a filming slash vacation <laughs> instead of just filming like in in 25 degree weather yeah yeah that'd be that'd be nice that'd be nice zach since the camera's on you and everything else you oh, hey you geez. can go ahead and uh uh any, anywhere in the ocean in the water maybe do a james cameron and film a thousand feet under <laughs> yeah, the sea there you go <laughs> the fuck um, you doing down there james the, uh, you ain't filming <laughs> filming avatar too you're building rapture down there oh my let's God. be honest yeah. the, um, how much but, more money you need <laughs> a lot but yeah i've always wanted to film either in the ocean or on it just i i love the water i love sharks yeah. i love the water it's just super fucking cool to me so yeah yeah, the um, uh, you know, and and actually, I have a very specific location. It would be St. Augustine, Florida. Oh, that is a great uh, place. I've I've fell I fell in love with it. It probably will be the place that I um get married in the next couple of years. It, it, it's I absolutely love it. I think um, there's a lot of things I would love to do with it. Um, I always wanted to film a um a hell a coming of age Halloween story that is set in a not typical Halloween setting. Um, because a lot of people don't realize that people in California, New Mexico, Arizona, um, Florida, Georgia, um, or at least parts of Georgia, Louisiana, they don't know the Halloween that we know, which is the very yeah, atypical. That's the very atypical, you know, like the um, uh, you know, the leaves on the trees, and you know, in the cooler weather, they know, you know, just the same thing as they always know. They know, you know, palm trees and everything else. So I wanted to get their perspective one time. Um, I thought would be pretty cool, but yeah. St. Augustine just filming there would be would be fucking. It's a beautiful dope. town. It is. It is a gorgeous town. The um, uh, so and we'll um, uh, you know, we'll have a nice little chat after the podcast is done. So um, uh, so the um, uh, so that that being said, um, this is your opportunity, sir, to um, uh, to uh, be a, have a plug in. You can tell everybody where to find all of your stuff on social media, on you know, if a website you have, whatever you have, you can look directly into camera and uh, and plug it to that camera, that bad boy right there. Well, right now, the best place to go to find out more information about Fang is you can go on the official Fang Facebook page, and that's facebook.com slash Fang movie. And that's a great resource for finding out more about it. And I hope to have my own website up and running in the near future. And so for now, I hope everybody who's watching this gets a chance to watch fang and i hope you have a fantastic time watching it <laughs> that is that is that's fucking awesome they, um, uh, so and then so thank you so much oh thank you they, though, thank you so much for for being on um and then thank all of you for for watching this awesome uh, awesome podcast for uh for midwest horror you can check us out on uh facebook instagram uh, youtube and slasher
and of course if you are watching on this uh, on youtube if you'd be so awesome to stab that like button smash that subscribe and click that little dingy bell to be notified every time we drop amazing content right here at mhm we have a lot of cool stuff going on uh we appreciate you and we will see you all next time on the nightmares podcast bye guys